welcome to the Hillington Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust podcast, a series of conversations with different members of staff to highlight some of the great work they're doing and aiming to give you, our staff, an insight into what's happening across the Trust. Brought to you by the Communications and Engagement Team. Okay, let's get into today's conversation. Hello and welcome to the podcast for the Hillington Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust. Today we're going to be talking to Christopher Geek, one of the chaplains in the Trust, in our Centre for Spiritual and Pastoral Care, commonly referred to as the Chaplaincy. Hi, please tell us a bit about yourself. I'd be interested to hear what drew you to chaplaincy work and um, can you tell us about your experience and your interests that you bring to the role from uh, from your past and your work and life experience? Yes, hello Lucy. I'm very pleased to have this opportunity actually to, to make this podcast. Um, I came to work in the chaplaincy in 2018, having spent uh, most of my career in various forms of health and social care. And I retired from my last post, which was director of, of Hillingdon Mind, um, but wanted something useful to do in my retirement. So I came along to the hospital uh, one day uh, to see Catherine Holly was in charge of patient experience. Uh, I'd known Catherine from previous uh, contacts and I came with an interest in volunteering and okay. Catherine made me aware that there was a part-time job available in the chaplaincy and um, so I looked at that and I thought it would be a, a good thing to apply for so I applied in the normal way and got interviewed and then got uh, appointed and um, appointed because of a range of, of background experiences um, in my work experience and general life experience. So, mm -hmm. How I mean, long ago first, was that? That was 2018, so I've okay. been in the Trust three and a half years. And so, um, I mean, first of all, I had uh, a long-standing interest in theology and spirituality, which I'd studied um, in various institutions in the UK and in Italy. And my spiritual journey, I've always said, was a, a rather circuitous route through Anglicanism, the Church in Wales and the Church of England, um, a long time as a Catholic layman, and then with an interest in, in Buddhism, and ultimately... Okay, a wide range to, of things there. <laughs> quite a right range of things, and ultimately... Um, through growing scepticism about religious faith, came to a humanist uh, position, which which is my my current position. Okay. Uh, so that so that I mean, most chaplains would have some kind of background in theology, spirituality, philosophy, and so forth. So yeah. so I I had that. Um, I think the other thing that I bring, of course, is the long experience in health and social care across a range of client groups working with people with learning disabilities, people on the uh, autism spectrum, uh, people with mental health. Uh, so, you know, my work as a chaplain brings me into contact with a whole range of people who've been through various forms of health and social care systems. So, so that was that was very helpful. Yeah, which I can draw upon yeah. a lot day to day. We've certainly got a wide range of 
people and different experiences in the hospital. So that that experience is going to translate very clearly into um, being able to cope in the hospital. What what service does that what service service does the chaplaincy provide in the hospital that can utilise all your experience? Well, the I always say it comes into basically three forms. Many people associate chaplaincy with religion, religion, religious expression, and there is an element of that in the chaplaincy. But actually, predominantly, any chaplain would tell you that a major part of the work is a kind of a listening ear service being available to people who have come into hospital. It's very often caused uh, some trauma in their lives, disruption in their lives. They're talking about uh, sometimes poor diagnosis, shock diagnosis. It might be facing end of life problems about the family they have at home and the future of their jobs. You know, there's a hundred and one things that people are concerned about. And uh, the, the clinical staff don't have the time to sit down for long periods at the bedside listening to people and being there for them. And that's a role that the chaplaincy is able to uh, provide, not just through uh, Jack and I, the two chaplains, but through the the team of volunteers so we we support. So are you them. moving around the trust or are you? Oh yes. There I is mean, a chaplaincy room isn't there at Hillingdon Hospital but you're out and about. There's a physical centre so you have the chapel itself and the chaplain's office and the Islamic prayer room but uh, and that's our base but most of our engagement work would be around the hospital. And, and remember that's engaging with patients, their visitors, and with members of staff. All okay. the stress. Because well, that's great to note that you're there for the staff as well. Absolutely. Um, how, how can you directly help staff in the trust? Under the same heading of a listening ear, people have lots of pressures. Just working in the healthcare system is itself extremely challenging. Over the last two years, we've had all the additional stress of the pandemic and, and being there to listen to staff who want to share their concerns and anxieties uh, and so forth. Staff who've experienced uh, personal bereavement. Sadly, we've had a number of members of staff who've, who've died over the last couple of years and we're there to there to support the, the team as well. So yes, yeah, so, and, and, and I would actually like to emphasize in the podcast that Staff often forget that we are here for them. They will remember we, they will remember that we're here for patients, but forget that we are here for visitors and for the staff themselves as well. So, how, how do people get hold of you if a member of staff wants to get hold of you or a, a patient or a visitor? Do they pop down to the to the chaplaincy? People can come directly to the chaplaincy. Yes, um, more commonly, people will be referred. Um, very often uh, a, a, a visitor, a family member will uh, contact us or contact us through the ward staff. Patients and the visitors will ask staff members who so we get nurses and therapists and doctors who will ring us and say um, so-and-so would like to speak to you. Sometimes it's a little more um, not so direct. Somebody might say, we think so and so may benefit. So then we take a, a kind of a 
cautious, sensitive approach and just make the person available, uh, aware that we are here and would you like to have a chat? It's very important that we don't go around imposing ourselves on, on patients. It's, it's yeah. very much a reactive service. Yeah. Has the service been impacted by COVID? It, it has. Busier? It's been me, are you still able to meet people as much as you could? We haven't been able to meet um, COVID positive patients because of mm -hmm. the restrictions. Um, there's been a certain use of technology in trying to get around that through the use of mobile phones and iPads and so forth to have contact. Um, yes, also, of course, because of the restricted visiting, um, it's been more difficult to make contact with uh, families, but again, much more contact by by telephone, telephone support uh, for people. So have you got any events? Um, do you do you run anything over Christmas? Throughout the year, we we have a one religious service on a Sunday, public service, which is a Catholic mass at two o'clock. Um, that was suspended for most of the pandemic, but has now been restored. Christmas time. Uh, on Christmas Day, there's a mass at 11 o'clock on Christmas morning and another one at two o'clock. That would be principally for members of staff. Some things this year we're not able to do. We usually facilitate uh, groups going to the wards and singing carols and so forth. And of course, unfortunately, we can't do that, that this year. We have um, in the chapel, we have what's called our giving tree and people are invited to um, put presents there, small gifts of toiletries, uh, other useful things, games and so forth, uh, and perhaps leave a message for uh, in memory of someone. And that gives us a vast amount of, of stuff which we can take around the wards. People can uh, people who come to hospital in an emergency and haven't got toiletries and various things like that. Yeah, um, that's useful for supplementing. So their, that's taken to taken around the wards for patients, is it? Yes, that's right. Yes. Okay. Well, we look forward to um, hearing more about what you're doing, and hopefully things will be more in person when COVID dies down. And um, we will invite you back in the new year, if that's okay, to chat about the, the year to come. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank I'm you very much. glad for that opportunity. Thank you, Lucy. So, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Please do join in the conversation about this episode. Tag us in social media and uh, send us any other comments and let us know your thoughts. And we'll see you next time.